Good morning, church. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's stand. I wanted to read this scripture for everyone here. Psalms 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is God, and it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The Lord is good. I am believing that this year that we would just be more receptive of the goodness that God is giving us. Amen? That God is good all the time. But I pray as a body, as a believing church, that we would be receptive to the goodness of who God is. And I love the last line, His faithfulness continues through all generations. I don't know about you, but I'm believing for the next generation in this church, the youth and elementary into the preschool, I am praying for revival that would break out into the next generation, that they would see God, that they would experience Him in new ways, that this year, would be, would be amazing at the goodness of what you're gonna do, God. We praise you in this place. And the message translation, it says, sing into his presence. This morning, we're gonna sing into his presence because he is good and he, his love endures forever and he is faithful for all the generations, all the generations, all the children, all the prayers that we've been praying. So let's praise his holy name this morning, amen. Hallelujah. 
welcoming the Linden campus that is here with us today for the first time ever. We are one worshiping together and being together and we are so excited for you guys to be here with us. Um, If you're a guest with us today, I want to encourage you to pull out the red card from the seat pocket in front of you or you can also open the camera on your phone, point it up here and there is a digital QR code right there coming up that will take you to the um, digital red card. You don't take a picture of it. My husband said last week, take a picture, it'll pop up. Just pop it up, it'll pop up in yellow letters, hit that, it'll take you to it. So um, we welcome you and we're excited to have you. If you would like to get more information, you can join us in the guest room back in that corner immediately following services today. And we would just love to share information with you guys. Christmas Eve Eve, wow crazy service that we had here it was packed like we had every chair in here that we possibly have and God did some pretty cool things and we're so thankful that you guys a lot of you were able to be here some of you were not and um, we shared some exciting stuff but Pastor Jim's going to talk about that in a few minutes but I just want to share with you guys while it is time to receive this morning's offering 
If you're a guest with us, please do not feel obligated to do anything. We don't want that. The Freedom Center family, we should all be apart, right? We should all be doing things. And I just wanted to share with you guys that because of what you guys do at times like this, we have heat in the room, which is cool because we replaced the two um, HVAC systems that needed to be replaced because we had our savings account. So if anybody wants to help replenish that, um, we would really appreciate that. It was, I think it ended up being close to $47,000. Yeah, they couldn't just one go out at a time. They all, two of them had to go out and the third one's ready anytime. But um, we're thankful, right? Dave Ramsey, we had savings account. We knew what we needed to do. Um, but beyond that, this week we were able to spend or send $10,000 to Convoy of Hope. Which, no, listen, a couple of years ago, Pastor Jim felt like God said, feed a million meals to kids in Haiti. And he's like, oh, that's crazy. We did it. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't continued his heart for the kids in Haiti. So we got an email saying, hey, anything that you donate, we double it. So we sent $10,000, which became $20,000, which became 40,000 meals to kids in Haiti this week. So all of that to say, we are a generous church and we are so thankful for you guys and how you sow seeds financially. So if you would like to do cash or check today, you can do so on your way out. We will have ushers. You can also sign up to do it by online by going to freedomcenter.church forward slash links. And everything that you need is right there to help you get set up and everything. So we are looking forward to God using us in 2023 to bring hope to many people. And you guys get to play a part in that. God's asked us to partner with him. So um, I'm actually going to pray for you guys and get off the platform. But are you guys ready for God to do some incredible things in 2023? Man. Yeah, I'm going to quit talking. God's doing crazy stuff. So God, thank you right now, Father, that just this past week, you have just shown yourself so faithful, Jesus. It's been hard for many. It's been good for so many, God, that no matter how it's been, you have been right there with us all along. So God, we thank you for that. Father, I pray anybody sitting in this room right now who's watching online that may not feel like you know, they feel you, God. I pray today that they would know you in a personal, intimate way, Father. And God, I thank you that you are a good Father. God, thank you for 40,000 meals to Haiti kids, God. Thank you for just everything that we have got to do. Father, I pray blessings on your sons and your daughters in this room right now. And I just pray, do what only you can do in 2023. If you would have told me at the beginning of 2022 all you were gonna do in 2022, I would have laughed and said, how is that even possible? And now I look back and say, man, it's possible because you are a faithful, good God. So thank you again. Bless this offering. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. No, no, get back here. And start off the new year right. Amen. Good morning, Freedom Center. I feel like I haven't seen you guys since last year. Isn't it weird not having church last Sunday? Wasn't that strange? I think we should uh, never do that again. But man, it felt good not to have to work last Sunday. So we'll just, we'll compromise. We'll figure it out. Um, I I do want to make one quick, it's a testimony, but it's also an announcement. Uh, One of our own went home to be with the Lord yesterday. And uh, Jeff Burroughs is a man that, that got on my radar
because he worked at Mega Coney Island. And every Sunday for years, we had the tradition of going to Mega, going through the drive through window and getting lunch. And Jeff got accustomed to our order and to our name and to our face. And then he started saying, well, how was church today? And, you know, I said, hey, you should come to church sometime. He's like, well, I work on Sundays. I said, well, I, I work on Sundays too, but I still make time to go to church, you know. And we <laughs> laughed. So we got comfortable with each other. Well, one time we drove through the window. And he, he looked at me and, he goes, and pointed at Dean and goes, doesn't she ever cook? I just was like, don't, don't look, don't, don't look. I'm just looking at that. Oh, yeah, she, she goes, he goes, hey, I've got a sister, and she cooks, man. If this doesn't work out, I'm just letting you know i got a sister. <laughs> so then he became that guy at Mega Coney Island, and we started going to Taco Bell. But we, um, <laughs> they started coming to church. He made a commitment to the Lord, and that's when really the, the, the post-traumatic stress of uh, he was in the Black Hawk Down, Mogadishu stuff came out. All the things that he'd done prior to Jesus to work through those issues caused tremendous difficulties in his body. And in spite of everybody's best efforts, his body gave up yesterday. But his spirit is born again, living with Jesus in the presence of God. And his, his wife, Robin, who's here somewhere, um, she, she was telling me that, that, thanks, Robin. Yeah, let me share the story that as he was passing, he was lifting his hand saying, I'm, I'm coming home, I'm coming home, I'm coming home. So a warrior has finished his war, and now there is before him the crown of life, which will never perish. And uh, I feel so bad for Robin, but I'm so envious of Jeff, you know. So, Father, we pray right now for the family, um, those of us that are still in our fight, those of us that are still battling for healing and wellness. And, and God, I, I, we just pray right now, Lord, for all of our veterans. We pray for all, everybody that they came home um, different than they left. And Father, we, we, uh, we totally reject the, 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 the numbers and the, the thoughts and the therapies that, that would contradict just Jesus, the life-changing effect of Jesus. God, we pray right now that you would bless this family and all the veterans we pray now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And the place where they were praying was shaken? What's that noise? Is that our new $40,000 heater coming on? <laughs> That's not going to cause a problem in my mind at all. Let's move on. Let's move on. So, hey, congratulations, guys. Welcome to 2023. It's not 2022 anymore. We dealt with a lot of stuff in that last kind of closing few weeks. And uh, here we are now in 2023 dealing with a fresh, clean slate. The house has been swept clean. We got the candle and the feather and the crumbs are gone. You with me? You know what I'm talking about? Listen to the last few weeks of ministry. We're going to start look, taking a look at 2023 as, as that clean slate. I believe that there's a great adventure in front of all of us. Nope, 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 nope. Let that go. I believe that 2023 has some really hidden treasures in it. I, I think God's best is not behind us, but God's best is in front of all of us as individuals, but also as a, as a congregation. There's something that God's doing. I don't have language for it quite yet. But it is new, and it's beautiful, and it's powerful, and it's decentralized, and it's the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe like the Jesus movement of the 70s is kind of coming back in some unorthodox ways that are exciting to me. I don't know that I'll be like a leader in it, but I will be a glad participant in it. And I tell you this, as we look towards 2023, um, I think the way that we want to start this morning is this. I was, here's the state of the union, you know, Mr. Speaker, the President of the United States, Please don't this side stand up and clap while this side sits down and frowns during the course of this. 
Please, if you're, if you're part of the Joint Chiefs or the Supreme Court, please smile at least once during the, the course of the sermon. But it isn't that. I, I think we're going to be in unity on about 90% of this. We'll see most of this corporately. It's nothing that's hidden from us. But I want to take a time to, to look at, at three things this morning. Our first steps in 2023 as a congregation are to assess honestly where we are. Everybody say assess. <laughs> Assessment is not inspection. Like, please get that out of your head. Like, I'm about to come through your locker and make sure your uniforms are hanging straight and your boots are polished and the brass on your buttons is clean. This is not an inspection looking for fault. It's an inventory. It's an honest assessment of what we have and what we don't have, where we are and where we're not. And from that assessment, my hope is we begin to form some plans, right? From that, we're going to focus intensely on where we're going because how many guys know we need to know where we're going? It's great to come here and it's great to leave. It's great to go out there and it's great to come back. But I believe with all the money, all the resource, all the prayer, all the faith, all the hands, all the hearts, all the eyes, all the ears, this church should be rocking heaven on earth in this community. And so we're going we're gonna to not just say, oh, here's our assessment. Yeah, we're doing better than the average church. We're doing worse than the average church. I don't care what the average church does or doesn't do. I care what we're called to do, what we're assigned to do. And so we're going to look at that, and we're going to talk about focusing intensely. And then lastly, we're going to work passionately towards what we believe is the Holy Spirit-assigned task for this congregation. We have been given a certain something, and there's a certain something that has not been given to us. We are responsible for the things we have. Well, we have a lot of great stuff. Great. For to whom has been given much, what's required? Much, right? So today we're going to take the first part of this and we're going to assess honestly. We're going to take an honest, just blind justice, put things on the scale and see how they measure up. This last week, I think my wife was getting ready to mention something, but I, it, it you know, came short of it. But this last week has been a crucible, would you say? Kind of a furnace for us. Um, a lot of things were tested uh, both of us were sick most of the, the break. I threw my back out three days ago. Yesterday, this sermon would have been brought to you by a question mark. Today, it's brought to you by an exclamation point. Hallelujah. You know? But it's just like, let's just sit around and look at each other some more. Let's turn the TV. So let's do puzzles. Well, puzzles are great, except with a bad back, you can't do this to do a puzzle. So it just, it, there, there's been, but here's what we did. We re- literally, I, I feel like in many ways, I'm born again, again. I feel like in many ways, our family, our marriage, our finances, our, the priorities of our lives together, corporately, are, are born again, again. That is the fruit of assessment. So we're like, I don't want to be inspected. I don't want to. I, I get that and I understand that. But understand this. You will not get to what God has for you unless you take an honest look of where you are right now. So assessment is seeing where we are, but a vision tells us where we want to be. And then we, we come back from our time machine and we begin to live towards what we saw when we were looking. So we do this as individuals before God. Psalms chapter 139. Uh, a lot of people pray this. I, I highlighted this the other day in my Bible app. Started getting, hey, I, I, every day I pray this. Every day they like the comment. I pray that every day too. But it says this. It says, search me, God. Know my heart. The second line, not so crazy about. Right? Test me and put me through situations that might tend towards anxiety. Reveal lapses of faith, bad doctrine, places where you're strong, but I'm still weak and I'm not connected to you. Find me these anxious thoughts that may be in me. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. How many of you guys know there's nothing wrong with coming to God saying, measure me, weigh me. When you're single, you stand in front of the mirror and and you kind of, right? Then you're married and posing 
taking that snapshot of what you look like. Well, you don't look like, you look like that when you do this, but you don't walk around like this. You, you kind of you look like this when you're not posing, you know? Well, and then you get married. Marriage is not a mirror you pose in front of. Community is not a mirror you pose in front of. It's a scale that measures what you really are and aren't. And, and what he's saying here is, put me on the scale. Don't let me, don't let me pose. It's Sunday morning. I've got my loud voice today. I'm, I'm going to start doing the Holy Ghost Bob during the heavy parts of worship. I'm going to raise my hands higher than the people around me. I'm going to compare myself to myself and in the end feel pretty good about myself. That we are being weighed against the, the personage of Jesus Christ. And there's so much beautiful space to grow, is there not? Come on. How many of us know Jesus weighs more than we do? All right, so we assess ourselves. Let me know where I'm skinny. Let me know where I'm weak. Let me know where I'm wrong. But, but don't let me just be me thinking I'm okay. Yes, I'm loved. Yes, I'm accepted. We're not, we're not denouncing grace by anything. But I mean, no, grace should produce fruit. The grace of marriage should produce me not going on dates with other women. The, that's not a mandate. That's the grace that comes with the commitment that's made. So we have this commitment to the Lord. He says, listen, I just want to do this really well. I don't want to be one of your kids. I want to be your favorite kid. I don't want to be somebody you can trust with $5. I want to be somebody you can trust with $50. I, I don't want to be a good shepherd. I want to be a king serving the armies of Israel. I, I, search me. Know me. Put me through it, man. And if something pops to the surface that ain't gold, I'll skip it off. I'll, get, I'll skim it off. I'll get rid of it. Because what I want is when the furnace is done, I want you to see nothing but gold. How many of you guys know that when you refine gold, one of the ways they knew that it was done being refined is when they, they, they peered into the, the crucible, I guess is what you call the place where it's all melted, that they would see a, a true reflection of the smelter. He would look into it and he would see his own face. I want, and what he's saying here, what we want, I believe, is for God to do whatever he's got to do so that when he looks at us, he sees nothing but his son. Yeah, not many amens, but it's a good sermon. So we can, we can assess ourselves, but we can also assess from positions. If you're a mother, you have children. You can assess from the position. If you're a, an entrepreneur, if you're a manager, if you're a minimum wage worker at Taco Bell and tomorrow's your first day, we are all responsible for the burritos that are in our lives. We, we have a role to play, and so we can assess that. And this is what the writer of Proverbs says in this chapter. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks, that which you are managing, that which you have influence in, that which is your responsibility before God. Give careful attention. What kind of attention? Not careless, which has been our operative word for the last week. Discovered a lot of careless areas in my life. And just through the help of the Holy Spirit, good friends I went hunting with, and my wife, like, we're, we're tightening down some things that were just getting sloppy. I mean, what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're looking at it. I'm going to work on this, all right? Give careful attention to your herds. Again, that which is under your attention. Flocks are sheep, herds are goats, but the same thought. This isn't just agriculture. For riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. Let me, let me give you the King Jim Version. You better know what you're doing how it's being done, and assess the things that are in your hands that God has placed there. Why? Because if you were successful yesterday, that's no guarantee for tomorrow's success. Conversely, you better know who you are and what you have and what you're responsible for. Why? Because yesterday's failure does not mean tomorrow will be a failure as well. By the constant assessment of our hearts, of that which we have um, influence in or, or authority over, we, we are doing what God is calling us to do to be good stewards. We get one shot at this thing, guys. We get one life, and at the end of this, we present the sum total of our deeds before a holy God who made a huge investment in us. When that's done, I don't want to hear, eh, 
I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I, I'm, I gave you this, but look what you did with it. Like, I, 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 want, I want you to like me, but I want, I want God the Father to be proud of me. So which one's more important, right? So, um, yeah, here's, here's my assessment. Here's my assessment of the church. We are. Everybody say, we are. Don't say Marshall. Wise guys. Okay. We are. So this is what I think we have. These are our assets to work with. I think, number one, we're creative. I think, number two, we're creative. And number three, we're creative. We are the most creative group of people. I, I guarantee you, but the average person that God has sent to be a part of this congregation in an empty room with nothing to do, and they will invent a game by themselves. Uh, you say, no, that's the nursery. No, that's the nursing home to the nursery. We, we are a, a creative group. Um, you probably don't know this, and we don't talk about it, but a lot of the things that other churches in our area are doing now, they're, they're doing because we created them. We've moved on to new things. I don't know if you knew this, but 27 years ago, there was no such thing as a large group gathering outside other than a church picnic. And we pioneered the thought of, let's bring it. This community had never heard of an inflatable. They thought a large bag of wind had to do with, like, political conventions. And we started putting kids in Velcro suits and throwing them against the wall and launching water balloons off the roof and feeding thousands of hot dogs. And then the church kind of said, hey, if they can do that, we can do that too. But we moved on to do some other things. There was no such thing as a backpack giveaway. There was, there was very few instances of like Thanksgiving meals and Christmas meals that, that, or Christmas gifts and Santas and all that kind of stuff from the church world. Sometimes fire stations did it sometimes, but we came in creatively trying to reach the city. We're the only church in the history of Fenton that ever went through the liability issues of building a skate park. You know what a skate park is? It's a series of injuries and liabilities. Tony Hawk, 360, 1080, they get out there with a dislocated shoulder and brain concussion. You know, I got on a first-name basis with the x-ray tech across the street. Why? Because you're creative. If there isn't a way to get that done, I believe that we're one of those groups of people that will just find a way. You're not afraid to create new things. Our tradition is don't have many traditions. Be creative. Second thing I think is an asset is we are pivot pros. You may have heard about it. It was in the news that about three years ago, there was something called COVID that came. And the whole church world went, what do we do? And, and we did that to some degree, but we suddenly had creative people with answers. And, and Dina, she gets on the bridge of the enterprise and starts commanding Scotty to burn out the lithium crystals and Spock to think about something and Bones to go heal somebody. You know what I mean? It was, it was beautiful. So I got to go home, get on the... Everything's going to be okay. I think it's a fad. Uh, I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but isn't Jesus wonderful? And, and in the meantime, we got people dressed in hot dog costumes out of truck stops. We, we got people visiting people from 25 feet away, throwing food items at them through the windows. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we pioneered, again, this, this pivot pro. All of a sudden, restaurants are going out of business, and people are having to work doubles at the hospitals and the COVID things. Well, we can fix that. So we started saying, what if, matter of fact, am I getting this right? There was a $500 donation that was given to the church because somebody who listens to the radio ministry, you guys still here? A $500 donation because I just ended the year, I thought I'd give it, and boom, he gave it. And we didn't know what to do with it. So we, we spent $500 to a local restaurant to feed ER workers at one shift at one hospital. When they found out about that, you guys found out about that, you started giving, well, we, we want to do that too. Let's, let's be a part of that. Then the Mott Foundation found out about it, and they gave us a $100,000 check 
to continue to do that. So restaurants that would have been obliterated by COVID stayed in business feeding people who would have been obliterated by doubles during COVID. And you guys were the pivot kings of the Midwest. When we had uh, our Christmas Eve service during COVID where everybody, if you got you know, closer than 10 feet, you die was the thought. You know what I mean? We, the, our creative team built a big white box. Remember the big white box Christmas? And it was all filmed and everybody didn't have masks because everybody was spaced like 10 feet and one inch away from each other to obey all the stuff. We built on this platform, there's a big white box. I remember the vision casting sign. We're going to build a big white box. I'm like, we've, we've got like a $10,000 screen behind you. You're going to build a big white box out of cardboard? Yeah, we're going to paint it. It's going to be awesome. You know what? It was awesome. Why? Because you're the pivot kings of the Midwest and Queens, ladies. I'm sorry. Um, we're willing to change. And I, I think we might even like it. I, I have never known this church not to be willing to change. But when I coach other pastors and talk to them about their kind of like, what's your biggest challenge? Man, people just don't want to change. I'm like, really? I, I just assumed everybody wants change. Why? Because everybody here seems to want change. You have no idea where you're sitting next week, do you? Because you walk in the room and we just made a boxing ring in the middle. Why is that? I don't know. One of these days you're going to come in and the walls were a different color. Who painted the walls? I, I didn't know we had walls. I never noticed them. You know, I, you came in one Sunday, the screen was up. Came in the next Sunday, didn't work. Actually, the first week it did work and everybody in the first five rows got a sunburn. Remember we had it like set to 70%? People are like, oh, this is wonderful. I love this. You know, pivot kings, creative, willing to change. And, and I think this is, when I hear, when I talk to people like, why did you make Freedom Sunday your church home? The number one thing they say, you guys just really love people well. These are people that have been hurt. These are people that have been broken. These are people that are seeking the Lord for the first time. These are people that moved from another town to this town. Why, why did you land here? I, we just feel loved. We walked in the building and we felt something. You ever heard that story? We walked in. What is that? Well, you know, it's, it's the... of conditioned air. Like, no. It's the Holy Spirit in the air that brings an atmosphere of love. That's an asset we have. We're hard to offend. And some really good people have really tried hard. (laughs) During during the great, you know, are we too spiritual and not spiritual enough wars of many years ago, social media was new. We didn't know how to mishandle it very well. So we mishandled it very poorly. Uh, Not us, but, you know, in the church I used to go to, the church I used to go to, the church I used to go to, too spiritual, not spiritual enough. I don't like the temperature. The pastor spits when he talks. That's why I'm backing up right now for those in the front row. I'm tired of being anointed three rows back by saliva. Rub it in. It's good for you, you know? And, and, uh, and we didn't you know, be like, hey, I'm defending my pastor. I'm defending my church. We had a leadership meeting. It was like a Christmas thing or something. I said, guys, we don't defend ourselves. Your enemy strikes you on one cheek, you off from the other. And you know what? From that day to this, that's stuck. We, you know, the pastor's a big, stinky, poopy head. I just pressed like. <laughs> right? We got a solid staff. I mean, some of the guys and gals we have, we raised them from puppies. They were, they were painting, and they were kids in our youth group, and they were, you know, out doing other things. But little by little, God just kept kind of putting his finger on them. And, you know, when there was an opening, you know, Brianna, I think, is a good example of this. Brianna David said during COVID, she goes, Dina, you're working every Saturday, like 12 hours, to get all the seating assignments. Because we, we didn't say we're not going to have church. We didn't say we're going to have church without restrictions. We kind of said, let's remove some rows and have hosts and hostesses. You know, I didn't like that. I don't even care anymore, but, but you're still here or you came back. Either way, God bless you. 
That's why I preach on forgiveness, because I offend. And, and, uh, but you're hard to offend, according to the screen. But man, they, I, she just kind of rose to the top and said, how can I help you? Well, why don't you take one service, I'll do the other. So she got to know all these families. Then she started volunteering in this and doing that. And, and now we've hired her to be our children's director. And she's down there right now with her husband killing it. Just doing a great job, right? Well, how did she become a professional? Nobody's a professional. Let me, let me just say it again. I don't think there's anybody on our staff that's qualified on their resume to be on our staff, including me. 1.8 GPA, Lakeland High School. Hallelujah. All I know about Lakeland High School, the days that I attended, was we hated Milford High School. That's all I remember about that. They were the Redskins. We called them the Rednecks. I, I don't know. And now they're, are they the Mavericks now or something? Yeah, we're still the Eagles. I'm just saying, right? Um, very healthy outward focus. Nothing makes this church happier than hearing that what we did in here affected somebody out there. Your, your greatest amens, your greatest ovations, and the most tears do not come from when we get new carpet. Because we haven't gotten new carpet in a very long time. This carpet's actually white. That's coffee that you're seeing all over the floor. <laughs> all those patterns, right? You love it when... I don't know if you know this, but the other night we had uh, the, the, the cocoa and Christmas light event that, that the eco-ministry of our church put on. We had 600 people be a part of that. Did you know that? We, I didn't know it either. I'm driving by because, you know, it's an outreach just saying Christmas and bows and, yeah. Honey, can we just eat pizza tonight, you know? And we're driving by. And I, we'll just swing by and say hi. We couldn't get to the building. The cars were lined up all the way down to the road coming in to get the cocoa and the Christmas. And, the, and it was beautiful, guys. And, and I'm saying that's one of the things that, like, you didn't even know. How many guys even knew anything about that? You knew something about that. How many guys had no idea until I said it? Right? There's just so much of it, but nothing makes you happier than when something we've done in here becomes something that God does out there. It's beautiful. Um, we're a church for anyone, but we are not for everyone. I think that's a really good thing. I, I remember a guy coming to me one time saying, um, I just discovered that this church believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I said, yeah. He goes, if, if you don't reverse that, I just want you to know I'm leaving the church. I'm oh, man, you know, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. You know, I don't... I, I'm not going to change the doctrines of the church to make one. He goes, I, I said, listen, you just got here, and you were loving the church for the last four weeks. Let's give it four more weeks. Just, you know, listen, this, this is a church for anybody. And I'm telling you this, and I've seen it so often. Anybody who walks through those doors feels loved. Anybody. They walk in with all kinds of issues and problems, and most of us go, hey, I was you, <laughs> you know? I, I know exactly what you're going through. I know the way out. I was in that hole, and Jesus brought me through it, and, you know. But I, I love that. I, I just said, why don't you stick around for four more weeks? About three weeks later, he comes back. and said, I, I, something happened to me. I'm like, really? Tell me about it. He said, it was during worship time, and uh, there was kind of like, like Megan did at the end, kind of an open, like, just sing your own song. Just, she's just loving on the Lord and kind of creating that space for us to, to continue to worship in our own way. He said, there was a musical part. He said, I, was just, I wasn't done worshiping, and worship was ending. I, just, I was just loving Jesus. I just reached out to God, and I'm, I'm just worshiping. I'm just I'm going to sing my own song. So he started singing his own song, and about, he said about 60 seconds, 90 seconds into it, he realized, he said, I don't understand any of the words coming out of my own mouth. He'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit and was worshiping in another language. And he, this question was this. He goes, so am I one of you now? I said, you wish. Yeah, no. Listen, we're generous. 40,000 meals, you know, on their way to Haiti. 
thank God, right? Um, Christmas, how much, let me just say this. Remember the pioneering thing, we do stuff and then other people start doing stuff, that's wonderful. We've shifted a little bit in our our giving. Someone came the other day and said, I'm a little concerned about our church. I said, I'm always concerned about it. What do you, could you be more specific? (laughs) You know, start at the top, work your way down. He said, uh, I feel like we're not really caring for the, the needs, the needy of our community. I said, oh, not true at all. What we're not doing anymore is we're not putting needy people on the screen showing needy people getting the stuff we're giving them. But do you, you realize that last Christmas, is 35 or 36? $36,000 worth of help to families in need went out in the month of December so they could enjoy their Christmas. $36,000. We never spent that on Santa and Coco and Christmas gifts. That, the generosity of this church is actually increased, not decreased, but we're innovating a new way of doing it. And we're, 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 doing, we're taking a lot better care. We're, we're meeting deeper needs now financially for people. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Maybe Dina can explain that to you a little bit more later on. I think the other thing is we, we value unity, not uniformity. So if I were to wear a tie next week, everybody would say, what's wrong with you? But if someone else were to wear a tie next week, no one would ask them, why are you wearing a tie? You may because you're wise guys. If someone is sitting in this auditorium wearing camouflage, sitting next to somebody wearing khaki, wearing next, sitting next to somebody wearing Gucci, no one gives a care. If somebody is a Democrat and somebody is a Republican, when you're in this room, nobody cares. Outside this room, you argue like idiots. But inside this room, <laughs> nobody cares. There are people here that I am in absolute unity with, even though they're Ohio State fans. <laughs> Yesterday was hard, man. I felt bad at Michigan Upbeat. I'll be really honest with you. Don't tell anybody. I'll, I'll, I'll call you a liar to your face, even though this has been recorded, put all over the internet and the radio. Um, I felt worse for Ohio State yesterday than I did for Michigan. They had it. They just, they just had it. It was tragic. It's like watching a cat get hit by a car. Like, I don't like cats, but still, like, oh. Was that bad? Okay. Yeah, like, oh. I want to know, is the car okay, you know? Um, yeah, sincere. That's another one. We're, <laughs> we are. We are. I, I love that about us. You know, what's your church like? It's like it depends on what part you're looking at. There, there's unity, but there's not uniformity. Well, what is, what is your doctrinal stance on the issue? Like, I, we do have doctrinal stances, but if everybody is welcome and we're a church for anybody, not for everybody, there, there are some lines we will not cross and, and you have to make a decision. We're, but, and, and that's in every church. That's, that's in the health club. That's in the PTA. That's in the, right? So we have, we have borders, but they're not guarded with people with guns. It's more like a southern border than, than it is a northern border, right? It's... Look, look how sincere we are. Look how sincere we are. <laughs> anyway, I, lastly, I just think it's a safe place to grow. Because if the pastor can be this stupid on Sunday morning... How many of you guys know this is not a place that values perfection as much as we value process? We like seeing people grow. We like it when people are honest about where they're at. I just stood up and told you that our, our, our marriage was sifted in the last week. And I'm the pastor. Shouldn't I have everything together? I think part of having everything together is being honest about what you're going through at any given moment. I think confession and, and humility and it's, I'm not saying look how humble I am because, you know, the kid that wins the humility badge at camp puts it on, they take it away. I don't want to be that guy. 
But I, I think we are these things. I, I think this is all quite true of us. Do you agree so far or no? Do you see that? Did you, do you value that? So if, if I were the new coach of this football team, if I were the new president of this corporation, if I were the new pastor of this group of people, I would look at what we have to give away, and I'd find meaningful places to make sure it got given away. It got invested. So look at those things. Matter of fact, do you want to take your phone and take a picture? These are some of the things we're going to be valuing, and I'll get out of the way. I'll go over here by the Christmas tree, right? These are some of the things we're going to be valuing as a congregation. Like, like we truly love people. Let's not hide that. We're sincere. We're not perfect. We're far from it, but we're sincere. We're, we're sincerely wrong, but we are sincere. This is a safe place to grow. It's a great place to raise your kids. If you're afraid of your kids being hurt by legalism, then this is a great church for you. I have never heard in 27 years someone to tell a child to quit running in church. I've told, heard adults tell adults not to run in church because they were going to hurt themselves. <laughs> so congratulations, guys. This, these, are, these are some of our assets, and I am so geeked about the games we're going to win because that's on our team. I'll, I'll take that over any other list of assets I've ever seen. Um, but let's shift our attentions here in the last few minutes. You guys good? Revelations chapter 1 through 3, there's the announcement of, I love this about this church in Ephesus. Oh, I love this church in Thyatira. Oh, I love this church in Laodicea. I, but he also says, but I hold these things. Like, but be careful of this. Beware. I, I, be, I hold this against you, even Jesus says. And then he ends it with the statements. We call it a sandwich. I love you, you big idiot. I love you. You look great, you know, for a fat person, but you look great. Right? I, I need a sandwich. And that's what scripture does so often. So we're going we're gonna to take a look at, at some of the things we can improve on, lists of liabilities or weaknesses that we are going to be striving towards making stronger among us. Remember, an honest assessment doesn't just look at the good things to be celebrated. It also has to bring awareness to any areas that could stunt growth, cause people to stumble, or be completely defeated in. Amen. It's not an assessment. I say, oh, you look so nice. You do too. I love church today. Well, that's not necessarily biblical. So let's, let's take a look at some things. We need to strengthen, number one, our biblical literacy. I'm a storyteller. I'm not a Bible teacher. Uh, I'm going to be bringing in teaching gifts to teach us Scripture in 2023. We have people on our team. How many of you guys know Pastor Carl Jones can preach the Word, but he can also teach the Word? He has, like, like two semesters of college. You know, he's got, like, three years, I think, right, from a, from a, a, a good Bible-based college. Um, and he's going to be doing some biblical teaching this year because... Uh, not just you should read your Bible because you should, but you should understand what you're reading. So we're going to be kind of building up like the basic fundamentals of the Christian faith. And if you're new to the faith or or you could write commentary on this, I need you both. Those that are new to the faith, I need you to ask the questions you need answers to. And those who could write commentary on this stuff need to help that we make sure that we do this well. This is going to be a team effort. You guys still here? Second thing we need to talk about, understanding of sin and salvation. One of my chief concerns has been, I love the church, I feel loved, I've learned the songs, I'm raising my hands, I'm going to heaven. Wait a minute. How many of you guys know that sin is the thing that keeps you from heaven? But if we don't understand what sin is, how many of you understand? I don't want to set people up, I'm going to heaven, and they're not. But I had a wonderful time on my way to hell at Freedom Center. And the second thing is this, you are born again. You, you are forgiven, but you're living in this orphaned mentality that, that keeps you from living the fullness of what Jesus paid for you to walk in. So we, we got to know this stuff, and I, I want to strengthen that, and I'll tell you more about that in a minute, an understanding of faith and deeds. I'm a believer. That's like me saying, I'm married, but there should be fruit. You should see that in my habits. You should see that in my finances. You should see that in my calendar. I'm, I'm happily married. Tell me about your wife. I don't know, I haven't seen her in a few years. 
There are certain things that happen because certain things have happened. Faith and deeds. We're going to bring in a teacher for this as well. Understanding what a faith community is and does. It is my prayer, my ardent hope, my, my deep, wishful heart is breaking for this thought that you would know why you're here and what this place does for you and what you do for this place. I, so often I hear the language of a country club or a movie theater or a favorite restaurant thrown around to describe a commitment to a, to a worship environment, to a congregation. I like that place. Why? I, I like the music. Pastor tells jokes. He's a Michigan fan. I feel at home there. All wonderful. But did you know you're supposed to be called to the place that you're supposed to be called to? And when you go there, the congregation should be able to expect things from you. And you should be able to expect things from the congregation. That, that's a community. That's a family. And I, and I, I want to be very careful to teach what Jesus means when he says church. Because it isn't often what we mean, right? Um, continue the list. Understanding of the journey of spiritual health and emotional healing. We're, we're going to bring in another person, a friend of mine, who teaches on this. This is his ministry. And uh, John is very gifted in this area. He, he was in a place of uh, committing suicide, had written the note to his wife. The Holy Spirit told on him. She went to him. And his journey back from just major depression, suicidal ideation, planning the way it would be least painful. The, he was even thinking about how will it be cleaned up so that, you know, my family members, when they find me, won't find me in some state of whatever. I just, like, he was that far down the road, burned out while he's pastoring a great church, has four great boys, and a wonderful wife. He is about to kill himself because he was so unwise in his emotional and spiritual journey. Uh, and I, I, I fear for the future of our nation because this has become reality. One of the things that God's checked in my life, you know, I'll just check out the news. And then it's an hour later. I'm not on social media I'm on the news. I don't think that's a good replacement. Like, I gave up secular music, so now I listen to country western. Like, no. Maybe, maybe not right. You know what I mean? So understanding that, um, an absolute reliance on the authority of Scripture. Um, how does Scripture play into my decision-making? No. Scripture has made a decision, and you're to obey it. Very, very different dynamic. And I, I, again, I'm praying... They will understand what this book is so we don't ask it questions. We listen to its commands. Uh, 10%. We'll work on that. And an absolute dependence on the Holy Spirit. Oh, this one scares me and excites me more than all the other ones. Absolute dependence on the Holy Spirit. We'll get into it. Last one's this. Hunger for worship. Prayer and fasting. I'm announcing to you today that at least one, but as many as three, 24-hour retreats will be held at our Linden campus for the purpose of fasting, praying, and worshiping. We're, we're going we're gonna to be taking like every two hours with a different theme, 12 different themes throughout the course of that. Desi, you taught something the other day I really enjoyed about the tombstone thing. I want you to teach on that, ADD, but you just said yes, and everybody saw him. He's committed. I want you to do it for free. Okay, good, good. All right, good. Uh, but there's gifts among us knowing who we are, what we're supposed to be doing, what, you know, and just seeking the face of God. Ten-minute prayers are wonderful. They, they've changed the world, but 24-hour prayers have changed people in the world. And I, I want us to learn how to just, the music will be on the auditorium. We're going to bring our campers and tents. We got water. We got fire. We got food. Unless it's a fasting retreat, then we got water and we got fire. And we can smell the fire and eat a log, right? But I, I think if we, how many guys can see that if we get these things right, if we get these things right, we're on very different ground than we are right now. 
I know that I am saved. I know my Redeemer lives. I trust the Word of God. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm a man. I'm a woman of fasting and prayer and worship. I may just know we raise up that, we get to release that. So that's what we're shooting for this year. Remember, we're talking about three things, assessing honestly, focusing intensely, and working passionately. And so I'm announcing to you that next week, Pastor Carl, let's just call Pastor Carl our house theologian, shall we? Because if he's not, you tell him. <laughs> but that's his assignment next week. He's going to bring, I had, the assignment to him was the greatest message Freedom Center has ever heard on sin and salvation. Clearly defining, as this house understands, what sin is and what sin isn't, what salvation is and what salvation is not. I, I believe that, that his, his teaching abilities, his gifts, he's so understated, he's like, yeah, you know, blah, 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 and he starts laughing. But it, like the guy just punches me in the face every time he grabs a Bible. And so next week, we're going to focus on that for one week. The week after that, faith and deeds. We sat in kind of a group. Who do we know that's just faith and deeds, faith and deeds? If I, if I believe this, I should live that. And I should be able to tell my community, hold me accountable in believing in this so I'm living that. And, of course, Jason McKay. Pastor Jason came up. So two weeks from today, PJ is going to be bringing the word of God. And I get to go to Linden and do his job. So I got to be with the Linden campus on that Sunday. He's going to be here doing my job. And we're going to find out who has more to complain about right? After that, I'm coming back to talk about the community of faith, what you should be able to expect from your congregation and what your congregation should be able to expect from you. Yeah, there's only three people amending today. It's weird. And then the last Sunday, because there's five Sundays this month, is Vision Sunday. We're going to talk clearly about the vision for 2023 because we're going we're to focus intensely and we're going to work passionately. You guys still here? Stand your feet all this room. Piano guy, join me if you would. Um, I didn't mean to put that down. I meant to put that down, but now my glasses are down. You're hearing all this, aren't you? Never mind. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Can you see it? Can you see it? I got into my time machine. What are you talking about? It's just an imaginary thing that I do. No, I do not have a time machine. No, I don't believe that I travel through time. But I, I looked at this time next year. I see people who had a an understanding of Scripture that, that advised them on their decisions, becoming people of the Word of God. I looked at marriages that were suffering and defeated. And I'm seeing in my heart right now, because of decisions, because of reliance, because of breakthrough prayers, because of trusting the Word of God, no matter what my feelings say or do, I'm trusting the Word of God. Marriages that would have been lost will now be saved. I'm, I'm looking at an effect on, on a world. Like, like I, I don't feel bad but Ben, I, I, I wish they knew that we were on our way with 40,000 meals. I wish they knew we were on our way to this community. I wish they knew that we're going to build last year's slip and slide of the community center. Oh, it's going to be slippier and slidier. It's, you're going to need a crash helmet. You're going to need, I, I wish they knew that as they're standing around watching people, there's going to be other people trained, not just gifted, but trained to start conversations that lead them to Jesus. I wish, I wish, that, I wish that in this next year, you know, as, I, as I'm there looking at a year from today, and I'm just going, God, I just see so many great things. It makes me excited to come back to today and ask you this question. Will you possess this land? Will you see a promised land different from the land in which you now live, where Scripture takes on a new role in your life. Complete reliance on the Holy Spirit takes on a new dimension where you don't mind saying to God, search me, know me, put the fire to me. Let the junk that ain't gold rise to the top and you can scrape it off mercifully or mercilessly, but I will not end 2023 
without having been through a process that makes me more like Jesus? Will you pray 24 hours through the night, through the day, through the morning hours? Will you sit by a stream as the fog rises and the deer comes down to get a drink? Not shooting it, Joe. Where are you? Not shooting it, Grandpa Joe, but watching the deer and contemplating the thirst of a deer and, and the Psalms of David. Will you, will, you, will you allow the hands of God to mold the clay of our lives and your life independently until at the end of this, he says, that looks like my son. Because that's the dream that I have for this congregation. You see, this thing sounds a little different. You're not preaching the next two weeks. I'm not sure the next time I am preaching, I guess at the community one. But we are going to bring the best people we know to preach the messages and teach the messages we need. So we were starting this before COVID. And then, you know, we had an iceberg captain on the bridge. Well, that iceberg's a long ways behind and we're, we're sailing through smooth waters right now. We need to develop the younger cadre of leadership that we have here that's better at many things than I am. We need to bring in people that have gifts that we need to make room for those gifts. I don't, I don't doubt there's people here sitting here right now. You're going to be standing on this platform in the next year. You just don't know it yet. I am telling you, I believe and I believe and I believe and I believe the greatest days of Freedom Center Church are not behind us in the glory days of huge Easter outreaches and huge Thanksgiving outreaches. We pioneered those things, but we're a creative group of people that are not afraid to change. As we move into the future, I believe the greatest days are in front of us. We say amen today. All right, then do this. Close your eyes. You don't have to do this. I invite you to do this. This is not a mandate, and I'm not watching, so there's no grading scale. I'm going to put my hand over my heart, and I invite you to join me. I put my hand over my heart because I, I know this to be like the center of like my mind, my will, my emotions. My soul is connected to this. My spirit is connected to this. Not just the blood-pumping cardiac organ, the, that, that centralness of who I am. I put my hand over my heart before you and before God, and I ask now, would you ask with me, Father, give us this. Give us biblical literacy in this year. God, give us a dependence on the Holy Spirit. Give us a growing heart to love people really well. Help us not to be offended because everybody that pioneers anything, man, you get shot from both sides, the settlers and the, and the, and the natives. They'll both take a pot shot at you. The first guy through the door, when you kick in that door, he's the one that's going to get shot more than anybody else. First guy through the wall always gets bloody, God. So we, we, before we get there, we just accept the fact that love is going to mean mercy. We accept the fact that creativity is going to meet resistance. We accept the fact that even though it's clearly seen, some won't see it and have a strong opinion about it, but we're all going to make it to the promised land together, God. That's my commitment. We will love each other. We will pray. We will seek the face of the Lord. We will read scripture. We'll fast, maybe for the first time, not just between snacks, but I mean fast. And we will find heaven coming to earth in greater dimensions. That is the dream that is Freedom Center Church in this next year. And we right now hand over our hearts. We make it ours. This congregation can expect from the leadership these things. And the leadership of this church can expect from this congregation these things. And we seal it. We seal it with the Holy Spirit and the promises of God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. In the closing moments of this, I just would say this. If you're here and you came here because it's part of a New Year's resolution, maybe you're visiting for the holidays and you're going to head back tomorrow, but this isn't your church, I, I don't want you to leave this room until you understand how much the Lord loves you and what he has done. His faith has deeds. His faith in you caused him to send his son, Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one into this world to live in a way that he defeated everything that ever defeated you, me, and all mankind. He defeated it. 
And then he was punished for crimes he didn't commit by being executed on a cross. Horrible, painful, agonizing hours of dangling between heaven and earth, bleeding out. And the reason for that is not because he had sinned and he was guilty, but because I had sinned and I was guilty. He was the innocent one taking the, 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 the penalty for me. Like a sacrificial animal. The animal hadn't sinned again, hadn't lied, hadn't stolen, hadn't cheated, but it was sacrificed for the sins of the one who did in the same way when John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says, behold, that's God's lamb. That's God's sacrifice. And he's going to take away the sins of the world. He's buried. He's breathed his last. He's buried in a borrowed tomb. Stone is rolled over it. Three days later, an angel announces to Mary, he's alive. <laughs> the stone is rolled away. Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, defeated not only our sin, he defeated the consequences of our sin. Death, hell, the grave could not hold on to the spotless Lamb of God. And when he rose from the dead, as we sang this morning, he now offers as a free gift that which cost him everything. For everyone who believes in him, eternal life is assured. For everyone who's willing to put behind them the deeds of the flesh, the the junk, the hellish nature, and take on the heavenly Jesus, the Messiah, extends to you the kingdom of God and its king. If you're here right now, you need a fresh start, a clean slate, a new beginning. And in the closing 30 seconds, let us pray. Come on. Jesus, I pray that right now, anyone whose heart is far from you but is wanting to find its way back would now turn, they'd pivot, they'd begin to take that long walk home or that, that one step in your arms. But I pray today, God, for mercy. Come on, say if you need it right now, just tell them, just say, God, mercy. Have mercy on me, God. I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. I'm lost. Have mercy. I want to come home. God, defeat what defeated me. Give me mercy. Give me grace. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior now. I give you my life. Thank you for all that you've done. And thank you that my purpose, not just my soul, but my purpose is restored. There's a reason for me to be alive right now, and I'm going to find it, I'm going to pursue it, and I'm going to give it away. Whatever days are left, they belong to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. All right. right. If you need prayer, people with the ministry of prayer are coming forward. Next week, everybody say next week. Two services, 9 and 11. We're back on. We're back in. Kids are back to school. Pastor Carl will be bringing the word. You guys ready? I I need 10 people to say I will pray for Pastor Carl this week. You're going to be a part of us. I will pray for Pastor Carl this week. All right. You are dismissed. Go on the peace of the Lord. And uh, we'll see you soon. You need prayer? Come on up.